0: Honor. Say honor with me if you don't mind. Honor. I'm gonna review again. Here we go. It says, John, 2nd John 1-8, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we worked for. I'm gonna go real fast because I want to get done with this section tonight. So all of this is review. If you've missed it, go to the website and download it or go get the tape. Do you see that we can lose the things that we've worked for? Yes. But, that we may receive a full reward. What we've been studying in the last couple of weeks is there are, um, there are different blessings or different rewards. There can be a full reward, there can be a partial reward, and there can be what? No reward. Thank you. Um, if you look at scripture, you start to realize that in the ministry of Jesus, we see that some receive full, some receive partial, and some receive no rewards. Why? That's what we've been talking about. We saw with Jesus, it says in Mark 6, 5, that he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. I've said this for three straight weeks. What's the key word? Do you remember? Could. Could is not based on his will. It would have said he would do no. He would do no mighty works, which means he would choose or he would decide, I don't want to do them here. But it says he could do no Uh, mighty works, which means he was restrained. Amen? And I've showed you that the (coughs) the reason that he was restrained, Mark 6 showed us, that they withheld honor. This word honor, I'm going to give you the Greek word again. It's timi, spelled just like the word time. Timi. And the word means a valuing. To honor means to value. If we look at the reverse of it, it The reverse of the word honor or the word teeming is to dishonor or to treat as common or ordinary. Treat as common or ordinary. We've seen in Scripture that uh, all honor originates in the heart. And we can see why God said in Isaiah 29, it says, These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but they have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandments or precepts of men. I got that wrong. You can see here that you can say the right thing. You can look like you're doing the right thing. But when your heart's not right, God knows it. God knows the heart. We can say the right things. We can even do the right things. How many have done the right things with the wrong heart sometimes? God knows the heart. And God is interested in the heart. Where is your heart? We can go through the motions. Last week we looked at Luke 13:35 it said you will not see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words I'm going away and you're not going to see me again until you honor the one I send you in the name of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus says he who receives you receives me and he who receives him he receives me receives him who sent me. Right? Or in John, it says, he who honors you honors me, and he who honors me honors him who sent me. Let's look at Matthew 10, 40. We're going to go really quick. It says, Matthew 10, 40, it's just what I just read. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Or he who honors. You can replace the receives as honors. Matthew 10, 41. It says, he who receives a prophet, the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's what? Reward. I know I'm going fast. Hang in there with me. This is all, I'm repeating it all. Next statement, he who who receives the righteous man in the name of the righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Next statement, 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. What was Jesus doing here with these three statements? He was showing us every position of authority that you will have to deal with. You remember, we looked at this last week. What are those levels? It wasn't last week, it was the week before. Those who are above you in authority, which is not hard to figure out. We all realize we have those over us. Those who are on our same level and those who are under us. If we will honor them all, there is a reward for them all. There is a reward for you for honoring those under you. There is a reward for you for honoring those over you. We don't want to honor the one over us. We just want to talk bad about them. We just want to say how what a rotten authority we have over us, whether it's our parents, whether it's our boss, whether it's our pastor, doesn't matter, whether it's a police officer. How often do we talk negatively about our police officers? You know, the first thing, if I said police officer, what's the first, don't say this, but what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Some derogatory comment, Barney Fife or Pig or whatever. You know, Pete has been, what been, when my kids spend the night with my mom and dad, they have to watch Andy Griffith and the entire series, all of it, everything that they've ever done, start to finish. They, they go through them all. My kids know them all. So Pete talks about Barney Fife, and I said, Sometimes you'll hear people refer to policemen as Barney Fife And he's like, why? I said, well, he got locked around with one bullet and he can't ever get anything right. And they just, I said, Pete, don't ever say that to a police officer. You know, he'd go up not think anything about it and think it's hilarious and don't ever do that. Don't do that to your police officers. Let me tell you, when you need one, you better be on the right side of it. And they're there to help you you know the authority that you've got over you is there to help you? He's been, he or she's been positioned there to bless you. Even if they're the worst boss or authority you could ever have, they've been positioned there for you to bless you. Every authority that you have over you has been placed by God. That's how we can come under them. That's how, as Christians, we can come under that authority. It supersedes them. Uh, do you hear me? How could you ever come under my authority? Because God says to. It's like it's like the scripture, um, and and uh, I, I'm just going to say it. Hus, uh wives, submit to your husbands. You don't submit. You you submit to them because of God. Because God calls you to do it. You're doing it for God. You may have a husband that's not worthy of submitting to. It says, husbands. Uh, it's, it says that we are to submit to one another, not based on who they are. It doesn't say, if you got a good one, submit to them. You know we're supposed to submit to one another? Amen. Thank you. Not based on who they are. You base it on who they are. No. you base based on who I am. And I'm not. It's, it's It's. It's. The only way. The only way, you know, in my flesh, I want to rebel against authority. It's my first response. It's my first fleshly response to go against it. But the reason I don't isn't based on the person that may be laying out a stupid rule. It's based on I'm I'm serving God and God says to do this. So it's based on him, not on them. Some bosses are worthy of honor. But have you ever noticed you don't get many of them? They're few and far between. But God still says to honor them, and if you will, you'll be blessed. Are are you with me? Doesn't matter where they are. The one over you, the one even to you, the one under you. There is a reward for each. Jesus is describing all three levels. He said, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a reward of a prophet. He who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. I said this last week. If Jesus were here today, he wouldn't say it this way, I don't believe. Because he was speaking to Old Testament people. Today, I believe he would say he who receives an apostle in the name of apostle receives an apostle's reward. You remember the Bible says that Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Right? And I believe we could replace that and say he who receives an apostle in the name of an apostle receives an apostle's reward. Or he who receives or honors the prophet receives a prophet's reward. He who receives the pastor or honors the pastor receives a pastor's reward. Do you know that by honoring your pastor, you have a reward? By honoring the prophet, when the prophet comes up here and speaks, you honor them and there's a reward for you. God tells you the prize. He's not saying you're selfish for doing it because you know the prize. I want you to know the prize, so you'll do it. Man, it's quiet in here. And going on and on to bring some light in this. Tonight, I'm trying to say that we have, again, I'm almost done reviewing. (laughs) We see so many great things happening overseas. And I talked about Uganda. And how the moment you step off the plane, they have brought, I bet there was 30 people there. Probably half adults, half kids. And you don't know who's, who's important and who's not. And the funny thing is, those that honor you the most are usually the most important. I had one guy that came and just absolutely gave his whole life to just whatever I needed. Then I find out, he's the man. I found that out after the fact. Here we are. We're not prepared for what they're about to do to us. So Peter has taking my bag. And I'm like, Peter, you can't have my bag. He said, Paul, I will take your bag and you will let me take it. That's just the way it's going to be here. Let us treat you like you're supposed to be treated. They see miracle after miracle after miracle. Then these great ministers that we know of go overseas, see all these miracles, come back, and just a few backs are healed. Why? I believe it is because of honor honor. Why are only just a few healed? There's a difference between worship and honor forever and ever we will worship Jesus and our Father and the Holy Spirit, but forever and ever we will give honor to whom honor is due and i and this i'm gonna pick up this is where it's going to start new tonight. This is something that Americans have done. they have lumped worship and honor together, and it has robbed us. We don't get it in America. We don't get honor in America. We don't understand it. Jesus said, the way they honor you is the way they honor me. And the way they honor me is the way they honor the Father. Now, put that with those under you. You need to compute this out, that when we don't honor our brothers that are equal to us or over us or under us, we don't honor the Father. Do You see where things get stopped. We have no problem coming in here and honoring God the Father. We have no problem coming in here and saying, Lord God, you are God. That's all I was doing tonight, Psalm 23. Who is this King of glory? Do you know every now and then you need to know who you're worshiping? We're not just going through the motions. We have a purpose. And he is worthy of our worship and our praise. He is worthy. It says uh, in Psalm twenty four Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, lift up your everlasting lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. I'm at a place in my life that I need God to move. Or I'm, I'm dead. I have no hope. However, my hope's in the Lord and He has never failed me once. Never. But I'm at, the, I'm at one of those places and I believe that many of you are too. You're at the end. And God, you've gotta do it. Who is this God that I'm serving? I need to go back and find out so that my faith will be increased to believe He's going to do it. That's But we need to be able to compute that when we get with one another and we treat each other like a piece of garbage, we're not just treating each other that way. We are treating God that way. Gert, I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let me finish. Maybe at the end I'll let you chime in. Oh, you're just agreeing? Okay. Amen. Amen. Let me keep going. Let me keep going, Gerd. Um, let me say this. Maybe you're, you're. Maybe you come to this point and think the pastor's just trying to to do a spin on me to get me to honor him. Well, I'm not trying to do a spin. I am asking you to honor me, not based on what it's going to get for me, but it's based on what you're going to get from it. The again. The tithing blesses the church, but it only blesses the church by God blessing you. Do you follow that? When God blesses you, you bless the church. And by you blessing the church and being obedient to Him and giving, He blesses you. The same thing here. When you honor me, God gives you the pastor's reward. There is, there is, uh, this is a key to um, powerful and victor- victorious living. In this word, honor. If I will honor my wife, if I will honor my father, there again, that's the that's the uh, that's the one commandment with the promise. It's not the one, but it is a, the, the first commandment with the promise. Honor your father and mother. It doesn't say while you're five years old. It says honor them. And it doesn't matter if they're not worthy of honor. Again, I don't honor him because he is worthy. And let me tell you, he is worthy. If I can, if that cannot be inappropriate, he is a great father. But regardless of who he is, I honor him because God tells me to honor him. Not because he can mess up. We all mess up. But that scripture doesn't change for me. The same thing here with you honoring this office. You're honoring the, the, the authority that God has given me. You honor God when you honor me. Amen? Amen. But I want you to know uh, it has nothing to do. uh, Let's go back. All these miracles that we see. I I mentioned last week, Reinhard Bonnke. People being raised from the dead over in South Africa or wherever it was. It may not have even been South Africa. uh, Somewhere in Africa. And he comes back here and we just don't see that power. I want you to know it has nothing to do with the minister. Let me prove it to you in scripture. Do you remember the story about Hannah? Anybody familiar with that? It's from 1 Samuel chapter 1. She married a guy named Elkanah. Now Elkanah had two wives. Thank God we don't live that way anymore. Amen. I'm a one-woman man. Elkanah's got two wives. Hannah and Penina, all right? Now, Penina is a baby-making machine. She's having baby after baby after baby. And that's the way back in that day that you show your husband that you love him, is give him a bunch of children and preferably give him a bunch of sons. Amen? Praise God we're not there anymore either. <laughs> I, I have a I have a quiver full. My quiver was full at four. My wife had me at four. Anyway, uh, but you showed your husband by how many children you had. Now Hannah is barren. She couldn't have any. Ch- she could have no children. We're going to look at this story now. To make matters worse, Panina's one of those ladies with claws. She's saying to Hannah, "Who really loves her husband, huh?" Can you imagine these two are around each other? She's got all these little whippersnappers running around. Hannah's got none. But to make matters worse, Penina's talking about it. Right? Where's your love? Look at my love. Look at all these babies. Where's your love? You're not even half a woman. You can't even produce a baby. And she's just giving it to Hannah. And year after year, they go to Shiloh, and Penina's got another baby to present to the Lord. And Hannah's got nothing, and Penina is letting her have it. Now, if y'all brought your Bibles, I want y'all to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. Now, I'm going to have it for you, but I want you to have your Bible. I want you to see this. I want to encourage you, Get your, have your Bibles here with you. Got some tough words in here. I'm going to let Pastor Zach say those. These are so easy. I'm going to let him say them. It says, Now, there was a certain man of uh, Ramathaim Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome the son of Elihu, son of Tohu, the son of Zaph, and Ephraimite. I'm going to read from here. It's too hard to look up there. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of Shiloh. And the two sons of uh, sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas. The priests of the Lord were there, and whenever the time came for Elkanah to make the offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, year after year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Do you see it? She is aggravating the snot out of her. Not only does she not have any children, but she's getting shown. Do you think she needed to be aggravated? Don't you think she already realizes it going each year? It's obvious. But yet, this woman is aggravated. Verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? He's not so bright. You would think if it's a weeping session every once a year. I'm kidding. I'm sure. Anyway. Hannah, why do you weep? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart grieved? How many of us husbands know that we can we can be the dumbest things ever? Amen. The most obvious things that we just don't see. Our wife's upset and we don't have a clue why. And it could have just happened 30 seconds before. What's wrong? What do you mean what's wrong? You're a, no insensitive. You don't know nothing. Anyway, I can relate to this guy. He's going on about his business and doesn't have a clue what's going on. So Hannah rose after they had finished. Uh, let me go back. Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose and after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli, the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul. And prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Verse 12. Oh, I'm sorry. How far behind? Are you helping me? Very good. I'm going to let you do it. I just messed you up. Good. Good. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watching her mouth and Hannah spoke in her heart and uh, uh, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Then Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. So there she is once a year with Penina letting her have it. And Hannah goes, I've got to get away from this woman. And I've got to go find presence. I've got to go find comfort in the presence of the Lord. So she goes over to the tabernacle of Shiloh where Eli, the head pastor is, or the head priest is, right? Right. And she's pouring out her heart to God. She is there making her petition known. I want you to catch something here. It's important that you make your petition known. Don't sit there and hang on to it. Come to God and make it known. That's why walking this altar is bigger than just coming to somebody to pray. You are stepping out in faith, and you are going to speak out of your mouth what you need. And you're not only just saying what you need, but you're stepping out and saying, I need somebody to help me, and I turn to you, God. There is power, regardless of what you think about walking the altar. You may have done it your whole life. There is power in you stepping out and saying, I can't handle my situation. I come to you, Lord. And I'm going to make it known to you, God. It's time I speak it out of my mouth what my problem is, and I'm going to trust you to fix it or to help me. So here she is pouring her heart out, and her lips are moving, but no words come out. And Eli, the head pastor, goes and says, woman, you're drunk. Get rid of your wine. Now, just like I talked about the Sarah Phoenician woman, I'm glad she was an American. Can you imagine what an American say? What? I finally come to church, and you call me drunk? I'm pouring out my heart to God and petitioning and fasting and you call me drunk? What kind of church is this? What kind of pastor are you? You insult me like this and I'm leaving and going to the next church down the road. But that isn't what she said. Hannah looks back at Eli, at Eli who has just royally insulted her, told her to get out. What are you doing drunk in here? Get out. And he said and she says, "No, my lord." Your maidservant is just pouring her heart out to God for petition. Uh, per, uh, 1 Samuel uh, one fifteen 15 says, But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink. I'm almost done. But I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And Eli looks at her in verse 17 and says, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Within one year, she had a baby. And that baby's name was Samuel, who brought revival to the whole nation of Israel. Now listen, God uses this gluttonous, insensitive priest And by the way, God said for him, there is no forgiveness for him or his household forever. If you'll go on and read about him and his sons and the problems that they had in that priesthood, that's one thing as a Christian, we never want to hear God say. There is no forgiveness for him or his household forever. But God used this man, this priest, this priest, who is insensitive, gluttonous, who said there is no forgiveness for him or in his for him or his household forever, to release an answered prayer into Hannah's life. Now I want you to know pastors make mistakes all the time. You can go to a church that possibly the pastor is is blowing it. I, I don't wanna I don't want to point any fingers and I don't want to I will tell you though. If God's called you in that church and it's a rough situation, you honor that man because of who God is, not because of who he is. God will release you if you need to go. But if you don't need to go, you need to stay and you need to honor that man. But he used this man, Eli, who was messed up. She came to God. She was pouring her, pouring her guts out. She, didn't, she wasn't talking to Eli. Eli overheard and intervened and said, get out. She said, no, my Lord, this is what I'm doing and he spoke under the authority that God had placed on him and she received her full reward it's not based on the man it's based on the position it's based on the the position of authority if she had stormed away she would have never had samuel and she would have said god doesn't keep his word and god doesn't answer prayer she got a full reward because she honored the man who royally insulted her. You know what we do in, in America? We honor those who honor us. And that's why we don't see a whole lot here. I'm done. Gerd, say that scripture again that you were wanting to mention. No, you're fine. Can you put that up, Justin? New King James, First Peter three seven. It's Second Peter. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs, as being heirs together of grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and again, that Scripture shows us the benefit. It, it, it commands us to do what we're supposed to do and gives us what what a benefit that our prayers would be answered if we would honor our wives our prayers as the, hu- as the husband and as the head of that household, what does that do? It places us in the correct authority. It puts us under God's authority when we obey him and honor God by honoring our wife. And what does that do? It opens up the channel for our prayers to be answered. Can you see that by obeying him, we get under the authority? And if we will come under authority, we shall have authority if we will honor those, if we will honor the pastor, if we will honor the boss, if we will honor one another, if we will honor the teacher, if we will honor the apostle or the prophet, when somebody gives a word from the Lord, we honor them. Sometimes they miss it. It says to test all things and hang on to that which is good. Somebody speaks a word over you. You know I've had people speak over me that I felt like wasn't God. But I didn't dishonor them. Greater is, Pastor Matt, I had somebody lay their hands on my feet one time while I was worshiping, and I felt like it was it was odd, it was strange. I wouldn't say it was off, it was just strange. Never had anybody do that. I, hey, I'm trying to worship here, and I got somebody got laying their hands on my feet. And I think they were trying to bless me, but something was off. And I said, Pastor Matt, what do I do? Do I deal with it right then? He said, no. And I think basically he was saying, you honor that person. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if they're trying to put something on you that shouldn't be, you've got what's, what can fight that off. And you pray that through. But don't get in a hurry. When somebody's prophesying over you, you chew on it. If you ever come and give me a word, you'll rarely hear me respond any other way but this, thank you so much, I'll pray about it. I'm not going to go jumping through hoops and hoo-hawing out of here. I've had people prophesy that we'd have so many thousands of people. I've had people prophesy this. I've had people prophesy that. I Thank you so much. I'll pray about it. Out of two or three mouths are things made true. So when you hear it, honor it. Honor the prophet. Honor the pastor. Honor your boss. Honor your husband. Honor your wife. Honor your children. Honor your children. Your children need to honor you, and you'll receive their reward. Are you with me? All right. Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I just.